0: James Gutierrez, a music professor at Northeastern University in Boston, wrote, A theory, properly defined, intends to explain, yet it is not required, nor always useful, for an explanation to be tendered with words. If we think with our bodies and with things, and know more by doing than by seeing, then we theorize, process and explain complex phenomena, not just with symbolic and metaphorical language, but with our bodies, with things, and by doing. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? So often in our teaching and learning experiences, music theory is taught as a standalone subject. We have theory books in our private studios, AP theory in high school, and a sequence of theory classes at the college and graduate level. What comes to mind when you think about music theory? Maybe words like analysis, or structure, music notation, form, or Roman numerals. Maybe the image of pencils and scores, chalkboard analyses, and red pen marks on your recent part writing assignment. Maybe you were one of those music students who loved theory class. You can't see, but... I'm raising my hand over here. Or maybe you were one of those music students who dreaded every Tuesday and Thursday morning, who didn't really get music theory or found it to be tedious and analytical. The truth is, theory tends to be a kind of polarizing topic, doesn't it? We either love it or we hate it. And that's what I found in my studio, too. There are the students who always complete their theory assignments at home and enjoy the note naming, harmonizing, analyzing, and matching of musical terms and definitions. And the mazes, they always love the mazes. And then there are the students who conveniently forget to bring their theory book to lessons three weeks in a row, forget they have an assignment, or bring their book to the next lesson and say they didn't understand how to do it. This is a problem, right? Theory courses and books are a good thing. Don't get me wrong. We need to develop an understanding of theory and musical structure, just like we need to develop an understanding of syntax and grammar and language. But I've been wondering lately if there's a better way to incorporate these learning experiences and theoretical conversations into our teaching, especially when teaching online. Gutierrez noted that, quote, theoretical concepts are presented through symbolic logic as literal truths and taught procedurally with minimal attention paid to mapping these concepts onto students' lived experience, end quote. How can we as music educators make more connections between music theory and music practice, between the analysis and study of music and the actual creation of it. How can we make music theory more experiential? That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on music teaching and learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried-and-true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. Mark Van Duren once said, The art of teaching is the art of assisting discovery. I've been thinking about that this year and how it relates to our work as music teachers. One thing I've been trying in my studio this year is virtual music theory. I'm using two tech tools to do this, Google Slides and Notability. The best part is my students don't even know these are theory activities straight from their theory book. They just think it's a fun, interactive game to play on Zoom. Teacher win. I started by flipping through my students' theory books. I teach primarily from Faber, Piano Adventures, and The Music Tree right now, but I like the activities in The Music Tree a little better than some other series because they include a few more comprehensive musical skills like ear training, same versus different, intervals, and harmonizing. For beginning students, there are also many activities focused on landmark note recognition and patterns, which I was looking to review with a few of my younger students. I chose one to two activities from each unit to recreate in Google Slides. Now, I could have simply scanned the pages and pulled them up on the screen, but then it would be apparent this was from a theory book. By recreating the activities in Google Slides, it feels more like a game. I looked for activities like take a trip, where a starting note is given followed by a series of intervals up and down, same versus different intervals like steps versus skips, reading with landmarks, matching note groups to a set of given letter names, identifying intervals in a jumble of either staff or keyboard images, reading with high and low landmarks, major and minor triads, ear training challenges, reading with thirds, fourths, fifths, and sixths, and triads and inversions. I pulled activities from Music Tree Time to Begin, which is the first book all the way up through part three so far. Each activity is a different file in Google Drive, and I organized them into folders by level so I can easily find what I'm looking for when planning lessons. I also made sure to put the unit in the title of each file. The next step was to figure out how to make them interactive. Sure, I can share my screen in Zoom and show my Google Slides presentation, but the only way to annotate then is with Zoom tools, which can sometimes be a little clumsy, especially if the student is using a phone or other small device. You've heard me talk about using Notability, a note-taking app that I started using for all of my written assignment sheets. and I discovered recently that I can actually import files from Google Drive right into Notability. This means that I can share my iPad screen and I can draw right on the screen with my Apple Pencil. I find using the highlighter tool works well because it's a color so it shows up against the black and white, but it's also translucent so you can still see what's behind it. A few notes on organization for those of you who are curious. To organize the files, once I imported them into Notability, I added a new subject divider called Activities, and then created a new subject for each level, or basically each book, like Part 1, Part 2a, Part 2b, etc. I keep track of where each student is in the book and what activities we've completed virtually in my physical copy of the Activities book using small post-it flags with each student's name. Also, I make sure to erase all of my annotations and markings after doing an activity, so that way I always have a clean copy ready when introducing it to another student. Here's an example of how I'm using these activities in my lessons lately. This is a story about a lesson I had with a fourth grader a few weeks ago. Let's call him Ian. We've been reviewing landmark notes lately and learning to read music that begins a step or skip above or below these notes. I had planned to do a sight reading activity with landmark patterns from the Music Tree Part 2A Activities book that day to help us reinforce this skill. We went through the first few examples together. I would ask what the closest landmark was in relation to the first note, and then he would describe it, and I would write a small x on the line or space. Then, we determine the interval up or down to find that starting note. After doing a few exercises like this, Ian suddenly recognized one pattern as the beginning of a piece in his previous lesson book from a different series at that. The pattern was from Grumpy Old Troll, which starts with G-D-E. But in this case, that pattern had been transposed up a step, and he was reading A-E-F, and he still made the connection. Ian played it a few times on the piano. That's cool, he said to himself, playing it again. Then he began exploring. What would it sound like backwards? Or upside down? Or upside down and backwards? He did this unprompted. I love how his mind works. Since we were on Zoom, I pulled up the whiteboard tool and wrote down these pitch combinations as he discovered them. We talked about direction and intervals, especially for the inversion and retrograde inversion variations. This brought me right back to sophomore year theory with Dr. A sitting conference room style around long rectangular tables in the basement of the Porter auditorium with chalkboards on all sides, learning about 12 tone music and matrices and combinatorial set theory. I loved that class. See, I'm one of those music theory nerds. I loved looking for patterns and discovering the underlying order and structure of avant-garde pieces that seemed disparate and random at first glance. Of course, Ian doesn't know about 12-tone music, and he doesn't need to yet, but it was fun to explore and generate new patterns with him using retrograde, inversion, and retrograde inversion without getting into the theoretical labels. Through this one theory activity, he not only made connections to other pieces he knew, he explored how that pattern was constructed and how it could be manipulated. This experience culminated in a short composition based on that original pattern and musical idea. This is just one example of how we can use theory as a tool to develop musical understanding in contexts, not as a pencil-paper activity that's done away from the instrument, but as an integrated exploration of how music is made. Every piece of music we teach has a whole list of theoretical concepts embedded in it. Form, patterns and repetition, both tonal and rhythm, chord changes, tonality, intervals, phrase structure, meter, and much more. My challenge for you today is to study your students' repertoire and plan and prepare theory-teaching moments that connect to the music they are learning and studying. How can you turn it into a game? How can you help them discover something new? I'd love to hear how it goes. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanew.com slash field notes. You can find me on Instagram at Ashley Danube. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time.